You're listening to the Cornerstone Chapel High School Youth Ministry. Let's head into the service for this week's message. We're going to be starting today a three-part series on what I like to call good old relationships. All right? For today, we all love relationships, yes? Oh, yes we do. Yes we do. Okay? Today, today, shh is our first of our three-part series on friendship, okay? Who are your friends? We're going to just knock that out today. That's, that's, that's nice. It's a, a good old rated G sermon, okay? But then next week, we're going to talk about family, okay? What does is, what is, uh, your family look like and how do you honor your family? And then February 12th, right before good old Valentine's Day, we will be talking about dating. Oh, yes. How unique, and lovely. It's going to be very red here in the back. We're going to have Kenny G playing the saxophone as I teach. That's going to get you guys in the mood, all right? I'm going to throw out dub chocolate, everybody. For reals. I don't know about that. I love, I love dark chocolate. Anybody a dark chocolate fan? All the ladies. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> this is what we're going to be talking about today. So our, our topic for today is true friendship, all right? Out of James chapter 4. So get ready for this three-part series, y'all. It's going to be a fun ride, okay? James chapter 4. Can you guys go to verse 4? Let's read what God's word says, and then we will pray and dive on in. Okay, verse 4. Look what it says. James says, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? And anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord, that it can guide us and direct us, even convict us, Lord, of what we need to hear from you. And Lord, we want to study your word now on what it means to have true friendships, Lord, to make friends, and um, Lord, that are pleasing to you. And Father, I pray that we would understand what it means to um, be a good friend to other people. And Lord, you have created us as relational beings, that you never want us to experience loneliness or isolation, but you create us to have companionship and relationships, so help us to learn what it means through your word to have true friendships. Um, and Father, we just thank you for this time we have, and go before us now as we study your word. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Amen. In James chapter 4, I had you guys turn there. We're only going to be talking about it a little bit, and then we're going to go into the Proverbs, because Solomon has a lot of insight on what friends are all about. But in James chapter 4, look at again what he says. He says, you adulterous people, spiritually adulterers, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Automatically, by default, if you become a friend with the world, you are now hating toward God. And he keeps going. He says, anyone who chooses, you can underline that word, it's a choice. Anyone who chooses to become a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God, by default. Now, Pastor Child, that sounds a little harsh. What do you mean by becoming a friend with the world? Like, aren't we supposed to be in this world? We're, we're in it. We're supposed to be salt and light. Yes, we are. We are supposed to make friends that ne not necessarily are, aren't saved and to be a witness and a light and an instrument for God's kingdom and we're to be of this world. We're, I mean, sorry, we're supposed to be in this world, but just not of it. We're not supposed to become like the rest of the world. Now, the world is definitely an anti-God, anti-Christ, sort of just doing our own thing, evil, dark, messed up world, okay? And God sent his son Jesus to die for the world, to die for anyone who wants to come to know him in a personal relationship, 
But the Bible is saying if you choose to become a buddy-buddy, a BFF, a bay with the world, okay, if you become one of those and you love to be a part of the world and to get in it and to, know, and to do what they do and to say what they say and to talk like they talk and to walk how the world walks, then you've by default become an enemy of God. You cannot have it both ways. You cannot be a sold-out Christian for the Lord, but also say, I am also a friend of the world and I, want to, I do what the world does. You cannot have it both ways. And that's why James says it's a choice. If you choose to be a friend of the world and you blend in with the world and you do what the world does, you are now an enemy toward God. That is hating God, okay? So we're going to get into this a little more. But I do want to get a show of hands. Friendships are a gift from God, if you didn't know that. God has given us friendships as a gift because he never wants us to be isolated we were never created to be alone. When God made Adam, he also made Eve because he says it's not good for man to be alone. God is always a relational God. He's created us as relational beings. Everything about God is about relationship. He wants that with you. And so he's created us to be like that with each other. We're never intended to be isolated and alone and by ourselves. He's created us to be with other people. That's why we have the church. The church builds each other up. The church encourages each other. And so friendships... Friendship, a friend, is a gift from God. It's God-given. It's amazing. And I do want to get a show of hands on what you guys see in, in movies, TV, politics, sports, whatever. A classic friendship relationship that we all know and love. And because and, and, Hollywood does this all the time. Like, you, you'll see friendships, companionships in movies, in TV, in sports, and whatnot. So let me give it a show of hands. I asked the first service. I want to see if you guys think of anything new. What's a classic friendship that you guys see a lot? Yeah. Sam and Frodo, I love it. Someone did say that. He's a stupid fat hobbit, but it's so funny. Good friendship, yes. Anybody else? Yeah. Bert and Ernie. Hey, Bert. Sesame Street. That's old school. Love it. Yes. Chandler and Joey. Friends? That is a good show. Well, what? Elmo? With who? Elmo's a friend of everybody. Elmo and Dorothy? You're right. Okay. <laughs> Creepy Elmo. I can make Elmo say anything he wants. Anyway. Um, anybody else? Yes. Oh, Watson and Holmes. Yes. It's a good show, too. Benedict Cumberbatch. It's a great name, also. Um, yes, Sherlock and Holmes. Yes. Anybody else? Michael and Dwight. Michael and Dwight? Office. Oh, I thought you need to say their last names. Dwight Schrute and Michael Scott. Yes. Very good relationship. It's a very tense relationship, but I love it. Yeah. Who? I don't watch Psych, but that's a good relationship. No idea what you're talking about, but that sounds cool. Anybody else? Anybody want to say like Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen? Dude, those were the, they were the bomb. Anybody else? Lucy and Ethel. That's a good one. I love Lucy. Classic. So good. That was a new one. I had not heard that one. Yes. Anybody else? Yeah. Drake and Josh? I love you. You are my BFF right now. Drake Bell and Josh Peck. Did anybody else, did anybody watch, it's still on. Does anybody watch Drake and Josh? I never thought that it'd be so simple, but. We should sing that for worship. All right. Anyway, love that show. I wanted to be Drake Bell when I was in high school. Um, anybody else? Anybody else? Yes. Who? Miley and Lily. When Miley Cyrus was good. 
Hannah Montana, that's a classic show. Is that even still on? Jason, Jason Earls was my favorite guy. The, the, uh, what, was the, what was the brother of Miley? What was his name? Jackson. Did you know he was actually like 30 years old? Anyway, creepy. Anybody else? Good classic friendship. Batman and Robin? Hey. Anybody else? Yeah. John Stockton and Carl Malone. Does anybody know who John Stockton and Carl Malone are? You and me, brother. You and me. I know who you're talking about. Who'd you say? Who else? Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. The other guys. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. Who? Kirk and who? Captain Kirk and Spock? Yeah. Love them. Jimmy Fallon, Justin Timberlake. Yes. Best friends forever. Best friends forever. Man crush. Anyway. Um, anybody else? These are good. These are good. Yes. <coughs> Who? Uh, sorry, I can't hear. Hasta la vista? I can't hear what you're saying. Han Solo and Chewbacca. Who, who does a good Chewbacca voice? Because I can't. <laughs> there it is. I can do Han Solo. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Anyway, A New Hope? Come on. Anyway. Look, my, my point is, these are all good classic friendship uh, examples and illustrations. That is exactly, sort of, in a way, why God has created us the way he's created us. He has created us to have relationships. And the first one we're going to talk about is a true friendship. But what does the Bible talk about and tell us how to have good friendships? The Bible does make it clear, mostly in Proverbs, that we're going to be in. So get your fingers ready. Solomon has many insight and wisdom into what it means to have good godly friendships and what it means to avoid bad friendships and relationships. We're going to talk about both of these things. So number one, I want you guys to look at this. Number one, choose friends who put God first, who are real with you, and will speak the truth to you in love. Now again, you may say, well, does that mean I can't have any friends that aren't a Christian? No, it doesn't mean that. You can have friends who aren't Christians. I have friends who aren't Christians either. But it does kind of paint the picture of, are they influencing you? Or are you influencing them? And 90% of the time, the world will have a better grip and influence us rather than we influence them. And so I do want you guys to make godly choices and make wise decisions on choosing friends who put God first, who are Christians. That, that is a good thing to have. And who are real with you. They're not gossiping behind your back. They're not backstabbing you. They're not talking crap about you or whatever. And will speak truth to you in love. I want you guys to now go to Proverbs chapter 12. Can you guys turn with me to Proverbs chapter 12? We're also going to go to chapter 17 and also chapter 27. But go to chapter 12 first. You can leave James. We won't come back to it. We'll talk about it at the end. But Proverbs 12, verse 26. I'm going to go pretty quick as well. Proverbs 12, 26. It says here, A righteous man is cautious in friendship, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Let me read it again. A righteous man is cautious in friendship, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Isn't this very true in all of us? A righteous person, a righteous woman, a righteous man is cautious about who their friends are. We have to make wise decisions on who we associate ourselves with. We just do. And we have to all, almost always be the example of who our friends are 
so that other people can see that, look, I'm a Christian, I'm going to be cautious on who my friends are and choose them wisely. You're going to hear that from parents as well, like, choose your friends wisely. It is true, though, okay, that a cautious, righteous person is always looking out and observing people and who this person could be a friend with. And if this person doesn't align with my, my views and my beliefs in the Bible, then I've got to be cautious with them. Because it says here in the, in the next sentence, the way of the wicked leads them astray. It is very true that the way of the wicked is going to want to force you almost to walk the other way instead of going God's way. The way of the wicked will lead you and me astray if we're not cautious about who we're hanging out with. So that's number one. Be alert and be cautious and be observant, be observant on who you need to be friends with or who you should not be friends with. God gives us a brain. We need to use it wisely in who we need to be hanging out with. And I'm going to get into a little more of this. Now go to chapter 17. Just flip right a little bit. Chapter 17, verse 17 of Proverbs. Solomon also says this. You guys have known this one. It's a great classic friendship verse. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Again, in 17, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. I love this verse because it's saying, look, if you have a close, good friend, and they consider yourself a friend with them, they are going to stick with you through thick and thin. They're going to walk with you through the bad times. They're going to walk with you through the painful, rough times. A friend loves at all times. Sometimes the truth hurts when a friend has to love on you and say, look, you're doing this. I need you to understand what this means. You can't be doing this or whatever. A friend loves at all times and is born for adversity. They're going to be ready to walk with you through thick and thin. And are you ready to walk with them through thick and thin? Are you that good friend? I heard a quote, someone say, it was a, it was a pastor or something, that said, in your entire lifetime, if you have a good five good best friends, I guess you can call them, five in your lifetime, then you are truly blessed. To have five, at least five good, godly um, friendships that will last a lifetime, that you can consider best friends, you're very, you're very blessed. And God will give those right people to you, but you have to also choose, like, I don't think this person I should be hanging out with. You know, I need, I need to be cautious in who I am associating myself with. We're, all gonna, we're also going to have another verse later that Paul talks about. But Proverbs 17, 17, what he's saying, a friend loves at all times. Are you that friend to that certain someone? And are you surrounded by other friends that are going to love you at all times as well? Like, hey, something happened to me. Like, I'm just going through this painful trial. Are they going to be with you through that? Or are they going to be like, hey, you're on your own. I can't relate to you like that. A friend is going to love at all times. They're, they're going to be real with you. And choose wisely, wisely who that friend is. And maybe you need to be that friend and step up the game as well. Let's go to the last verse, chapter 27 of Proverbs. Go to chapter 27. Verse 17, this is almost kind of a brotherhood, sisterhood kind of encouraging verse. Verse 17 of 27, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And that time with the blacksmiths, the iron would sharpen the iron to make it stronger, to make it ready, to make it prepared. We as well need to sharpen one another, basically. We need to encourage one another. We need to be there for each other. We need to be that person that will speak truth to you in love. We need to be real with that person. Iron is going to sharpen iron. We're going to sharpen each other. We're going to encourage one another as we see Jesus approaching all the, uh, you know, sooner than ever. And we need to be ready to be there for one another. Encourage one another. You know, make, make sure that we're, we're coming to church 
often. Make sure that you're reading your Bible. Make sure, may have that accountability friend that is saying, look, are you, are you sticking with the Lord? Are you, are you keeping in his word? Are you coming to church? You should always have at least that one accountability friend who's going to encourage you and sharpen you better than what you were before. As iron sharpens iron, so one man or one woman will sharpen another. We need each other. That's what the Bible's saying. Now, number two, here's the negative part. You need to choose friends wisely who put God first and who speak truth to you in love. But number two, we should avoid friends, avoid people that make you a victim of their sin. And what do I mean by that? Now let's go Proverbs 22. Go back a little bit. Proverbs 22. Solomon has some wise words for what it means to avoid people who shouldn't be your friends. Who you may think so, but in the end it turns out to be um, a disaster. Look at Proverbs 22, verse 24 and 25. He says, do not make friends with the hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. Let me read it again. Do not make friends with the hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. Translation, he's saying you need to choose your friends wisely. And it doesn't have to be someone who's always angry. It could be anyone who does a certain sin, and they're always just in that sin nature and they never really get out of it. It says, don't associate with that person. He uses the example of someone who's always angry. Don't be friends with the hot-tempered person who's always just angry at their parents, angry at their friends, angry with their school teachers, angry with anybody. They're always just bitter. It's a Debbie Downer. The Bible's saying, really, don't associate with the person that's always hot-tempered and angry. Why? Because he says, he, he explains it. Look at verse 25. Or you may learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. Isn't that very true, that the people who we hang out with are the people we start to become? You are what you eat. You've heard that. The more you hang out with this certain group of friends who are either bitter, greedy, angry, cuss a lot, go to parties all the time, you start hanging out with that group, you're going to become like them. It is plain and simple. Well, Pastor Tyler, I'm just wanna, I just want to witness to them and be a missionary and just kind of say, hey, you need to learn more about Jesus. Don't be doing this. Don't be doing that. You can try that. It doesn't really work. The more you influence them, the more they're going to influence you the, more, the, the most. And what you really need to do, the Bible says, is just don't even associate with them. I think we try so hard to do some missionary work and say, like, I'm going to save the, my group of friends. I'm going to save them. And that's true. It, sometimes that will work. That, that takes a lot of effort. But honestly, the Bible's saying, look, if they're going to be stuck in those ways, don't even associate with that person. Don't even make friends with that person. Because you're, you, you yourself are going to become just like them. Watch out, don't be deceived. So he's saying that. Avoid friends that make you a victim of their sin. So it's like, wait, this isn't me. Why am I hanging out with a person that's always like this? Okay, don't do that. I want you guys also to flip to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul says this in the New Testament. So you can leave Proverbs. We, don't, we won't need to be coming back to that. But 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. We're also going to see 1 Corinthians chapter 15 as well. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 11 this is very interesting. It's, it's almost a warning that Paul is flashing at us. He's saying, chapter 5, verse 11. But now I'm writing you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or a slanderer, a drunkard or a swindler. With such a man, do not even eat. Okay, now, the context of this Paul is writing to the, to the Corinthian church, and the Corinthian church, were, they didn't understand what it meant to be kind of in the world and not of it. 
they were still doing things that were of the world, and they needed to get out of that. And once you do the church thing, and once you become a Christian, you need to actually leave this kind of stuff. And Paul's like, you guys haven't really left this stuff yet. You need to understand what it means to be fully devoted to God. And what he's saying here is, in verse 11, he says, I'm writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother. What's he saying here? He's saying anyone who calls themselves a Christian. How many of us can call ourselves a Christian, or you see on social media, on Facebook, they call themselves a Christian, but they don't live it. It doesn't matter what you say, it's how you live it. It's, what, it's how you act. And so Paul is saying, don't even associate with anyone who calls themselves a Christian, but yet does these things. And the things he quotes are sexual immorality, it's pornea, it's pornography, greedy, swindler, idolater. He also says um, anyone that's a slanderer, a slanderer in the Greek word can also mean just using bad language all the time. Someone who's a swindler, who's a drunkard, getting drunk on parties all the time. With such a person, don't even eat with them. So translation, don't even hang out with them. Don't even go get Taco Bell with them, all right? Well, don't get Taco Bell, but you know, you get the point. Don't even go to dinner with them. There's a time, and I'm going to say this as sincere as I can, and I had to do it as well. There is a time where you need to understand in your life that you're in who are going to be your friends that are going to last and who you need to start cutting ties with. Maybe even from this sermon, there are going to be some friends that you're actually thinking about right in your mind that's like, hmm, I'm not so sure if I should be a friend with them anymore. You can still pray for them. God still says, be salt and light, be a witness to them. But the Bible does make it clear that if they keep doing what they're doing and you know that it's going against your convictions and your faith, Paul says, don't even associate with them. Don't even be around them. There's been people that I've had to unfollow off Facebook and Instagram because it's like, man, I used to be a friend with them, but they're doing something that I'm not doing. They're going down a path I'm not going down. I don't even want to see what they're doing. I don't even want to be around that. Raise your hand if you, do, if you know of one person, at least one person that you know is not saved as a friend. Raise your hand if you have at least one person that's not saved as a friend. Okay, majority of you. That's, that's 90% of the room. We need to be praying for those people. But for your own sake, for my sake, there needs to be a time where you might have to say, enough's enough, I'm going to have to cut ties with this person. There are so many people out there that are going to call themselves Christians, but yet will do the worldly thing. We'll do the sexually immoral. We'll go to the parties. We'll curse like a sailor. We're not of the world. As a Christian, Paul says, don't even associate with that person. Don't even go out and hang out with them. There has to be a time where we have to make some sacrifices and cut ties. Now, you may say, well, Tyler, if I do that, I'm not going to really have any, much, any friends. It's going to be kind of lonely. That's actually the best time for God to meet you where you are in your loneliness. And I'm going to talk, that's my point number three in a, bit, in a minute. But in your times of loneliness... And times of like, I don't feel like I have any friends, that's where God will meet you in a personal way. And he's going to bring you the right friends in your life. Just watch. I've had many friends in my life, in high school, up to college, that, I, that, that come and go. That come and go. Some of my friends have moved to different states. They were my best friends. Some of them were my wedding. And I just don't get to see them all the time anymore. I, know, I understand friends are going to come and go. But you have to understand that God will bring the right people to you. You have to make wise decisions of who they are. But God will bring right people to you. Don't, don't think that loneliness is kind of a way of God cursing me. I don't have any good friends. No, take advantage of that time because God's going to bring the right friends to you. The friends that you are hanging out with now that might be influencing you in the wrong way, it might have to say, enough's enough. I can't do this anymore. I can't hang out with you. If you, jump to, if you jump to chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians real quick, 
verse 33, Paul kind of explains it again. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, I'm going to read it real quick. Paul says, do not be misled or don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. Has anyone have heard this kind of verse, this passage, this, this kind of phrase? Bad company corrupts good morals or good character. What's he saying? Well, he first said, don't be deceived. A lot of us can be deceived. No, I can hang out with this group. It's not going to affect me. I can hang out with this, friend, this group of friends. It's not going to influence me. Do not be deceived. It will. It just will. You will notice yourself talking like them, acting like them, watching what they watch, walking the way they do, not, not respecting their parents, not respecting any family members. You will start becoming like them. And Paul says, don't be deceived. Bad company. The people you surround yourself with that are just bad. It corrupts your good character. It will. So the Bible's saying, please avoid friends that make you a victim of their sin. Whatever they're going through and what they, what they want to do, they don't care what the Bible says. And that's, that's between them and the Lord. All we can do is really pray for them. But don't think for a second, I want to still be friends with them so that I can convert them. They're, they're going to make it. And they might. But that's not your job. That's the Lord. Jesus saves. You and I don't save people. Jesus does. But don't be friends with them and get deceived and say, I can win this person to Christ. You may, but you may have to cause some distance and create some distance with you and pray for them. But you may have to say, for your sake, I can't be hanging out with you anymore. And you watch. Maybe from those words, that'll actually sink in with them and say, wow, you're pretty serious about this. Yes, because I'm serious about my faith. This is challenging for us. Even friendships. Make wise decisions who you hang out with. I do want to go um, now to number three and really just hone in on this. We've talked about choosing your friends wisely. Choose your friends that know Jesus in a way and that's going to encourage you and build you up. And then avoid people that make you a victim of their sin. Avoid them who just don't really care what's going on and have nothing to do with Christianity. But number three, if you get nothing else out, please remember this, and we're going to read this real quick. But number three, Allow Jesus to be your true friend. Amen? Jesus, if no one else, will be your true friend. If you allow him to be. And I do want to go real quick. I want to read Proverbs 18.24. You don't have to turn there, but you can just write it down if you will. Proverbs 18.24. It says here, and I believe that Solomon, when he was writing this, could have been referring to Jesus or he could have been just referring without even knowing he was referring to Jesus, but I believe that this actually points to Jesus Christ himself. Proverbs 18, verse 24 says this, a man of many companions may come to ruin. Translation, he's saying, a man of many friends, they may come and go. You have friends that, you've knew, that you knew grew up, or maybe they moved away. Maybe something happened or whatever, and they just reality check, checked in, and friends come and go. It's just reality. He says here, but a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, a brother or a sister, biologically, if you have a sister or brother, you are tied with them biologically by the same blood. You have the same parents. And what the author is saying, what Solomon's saying is, there is a friend out there who will stick closer than even a sibling by blood. Now, this person that he's talking about, I believe, is definitely a reference to Jesus himself. There's a friend out there, his name is Jesus, who will stick closer to you than anybody else. 
and I've found that to be true. When I've had friends come and go, when sometimes I can't even go to certain people that I have close relationships with, there are times where I feel abandoned, maybe betrayed, maybe gossiped about, I will go to Jesus. And he has actually told us in his word in John 15 that he has now called us friends, not servants. So if you want to go to John 15, you can real quick, but I'm going to read it to you. You can write this verse down, John 15, and it's verse 13. And Jesus would say this before he goes to be crucified. These are his last words before he would be flogged and beaten and gone to the cross to die for us. He says this to his disciples, verse 13, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. He's talking about himself. I'm going to lay down my life for you, my friends. And he says this, verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. And later he says, I, I, call you, I don't call you servants anymore, I call you my friends. That's a, relation, that's a very intimate relationship that Jesus has with his disciples and with you and me. And it speaks very clearly to you and me. Look at verse 14. It says, you are my friends if you do what I command. There's always a choice when it comes to salvation, always a choice when it comes to Jesus. If you choose to become a friend with Jesus, he is going to become one of the best friends you've ever had. He will, but he wants you to make that choice. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to say, I, I need you as my personal Lord and Savior, but not only that, as my friend who I can talk to and have a relationship with. That's the God we serve. No other religion, no other cult are you going to find that their master, their king, their God, small g, would stoop down and become your friend, your little buddy. That doesn't happen. Other religions, they have their God as their God and their king, and that's the master. That's, but Jesus says, no, I'm actually, I'm going lower than that. I'm becoming your friend. I'm becoming just like you. Some of you need that, that certain friend, and you're searching, for the wrong, you're searching for the wrong friends in the wrong places. You need to go to Jesus first. He's going to be your true friend wherever you go. Jesus said, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. That's a true friend. Jesus said, I love you. That's a true friend, and he means it. Jesus would say many things to his disciples, and he, he gets down to their level and says, I've come here to die for you. No greater love is there than this, that a, a friend dies for their friend. And I'm going to die for you. That's what he says. And so in James chapter 4, when I close with this, what we read at the beginning, he's saying, look, anyone who chooses to become a friend with the world you by default and automatically become an enemy to God. And he says it's hatred toward him. It breaks God's heart that we will choose the world over him because we're his creation. And the Bible even says that God is a jealous God. God is jealous of you and me when we choose to be friends with the world and not with him. He is so envious and jealous to have us that he hates it when we go and, and go by the way of the world. Choose your friends wisely, brothers and sisters, all right? Let's pray. For additional teachings and to learn more about the Cornerstone Chapel Youth Group, visit us online at cornerstonechapel.net.